0: Is that like a giant flea collar on Osiris?
1: It's not even a giant one. It's the smallest size they had.
0: Oh, but yeah. You still can't say it's not a giant one because it is rather large.
1: It's extra small and it's made for cats.
0: But it's so wide.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah, it's a thick boy.
0: (laughs) It kind of makes it look like he's got a fancy collar on. And he's in a suit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, it kind of makes him look like a little priest because he's got his little (laughs) white collar.
0: Okay. He's allowed to be the mascot. (laughs) Yay. Hey, pals. hey,
1: buddies. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Bible study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome.
0: We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And
1: ultimately, what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book.
0: But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along.
1: Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact.
0: Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that's out of the way. We're going to start our study by looking to a popular daily devotional Bible study called Experiencing God. Written by Henry Blackaby, Richard Blackaby, and Claude King. Well, just just to kick this off, this is this is day five. This is the end of unit one.
1: Wow, we've made it. <laughs> we've made it to the end of. The... We haven't made well, it yet. Well, we're making it to the end of the first unit tonight. That's fabulous.
0: What happens if an asteroid hits my apartment and then we never even finish?
1: All right, this? negative Nestor. <laughs> Nestor. <laughs> None of that. Pss- Yep, none of that sad talk. No asteroids are hitting your apartment. Anyhow,
0: day Day five. five.
1: I'm ready. Heck yeah. Freaking, let's do it.
0: Okay, cool. I was waiting for that. I really needed, like, your blessing.
1: Well, my blessing is here. Take it. It's all yours.
0: Okay, well, we got to focus on the Bible right now. (laughs) So, uh, day five is called God Works Through His Servants, part two. There is no electric boogaloo. Oh yeah, if you don't remember from last time, we're talk- um, going through each of his individual realities and comparing them to, well, he says we'll identify three similarities in the lives of Bible characters through whom God worked. But we'll see what happens when we get there. God reveals what he is about to do that revelation becomes an invitation to join him, and uh, right there is that's that's like it's like the chart backwards. God reveals, and then it's an invitation. But over here on his chart, number three is invitation, and then number four is when God speaks. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's a business thing.
1: You're so right, though, because it does feel like it becomes a business thing. It starts out as this relationship. And then it turns into an an invitation to be like an employee, not even like equals, just an employee type deal, you know, become a servant.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, I have this plan. Do you want to like do this thing for it? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Do this for me. Or
0: But it's not really an invitation. It's like, I have this plan for you to do this. Are you going to do it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It'll be it'll be great. It'll be for the greater good. It'll help humanity. <laughs> You'll help others.
0: Oh, okay, that was just the blurb. We have a long one. It's like, and I don't know why he cut it in that spot. Oh yeah. Like he he could have fit one like in day like part one has his introduction and three realities. Yeah. But then day two has the other four realities and then like a whole other lesson or something looking like tacked on like that worth of content right yesterday you studied the first three realities of god's working with moses now look at the last four reality four god spoke to reveal himself his purposes and his ways so this is exodus 3 2 to 8 and i mean i'm just gonna be reading what he has in the book There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. God called to him from within the bush, Moses! Moses! Well, I did that wrong. There's no question mark. Moses! Moses! And Moses said, Here I am. (laughs) Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. So yeah, he's totally just like misplaced them. They got somewhere. How did they get to this?
1: (laughs) Sorry, I was looking it up here in my Bible.
0: I don't know if this is going to be the same exact paragraph structure he's got, and then there's ellipses at one point. I don't know if he's breaking anything else up, so...
1: Yeah, that's why I was...
0: I'm going to open up, you know, I'm going to go to the Bible, and then, you know, from there, we can have a conversation. For sure. You know, it's kind of weird to me how he does say two to eight, but he omits, like, a full verse, but then... In other places, he's like skipping around and saying these exact verses. So why not just do that here?
1: Right. It doesn't make sense.
0: Like verse three is, and Moses said that I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Moses has said out loud to himself that he's like, oh, I'm going to walk over there and look at this bush on fire. <laughs> <laughs> this Bible just has him saying that to himself out loud.
1: That's funny. When you say it that way, but that is exactly what he's saying. (laughs) So he was just like, oh shit, this bush is on fire. I should probably do something about it. And It's me. It's just, it's just God. It's fine. It's just me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It kind of feels like when, don't come near me. It's like somebody's just fucking hiding behind there talking to him and doesn't want to get caught. They're just like trying to get their attention, (laughs) his attention, and like tell him what they want him to do get him to do what they want him to do they know that the way to do that uh-huh. is pretend to be fucking god how do you do that let's light this fucking bush on fire and hide behind it don't come near me because i don't want you to actually fucking see me through the fire
0: <laughs> yeah on the other side of the hill or whatever right and like, like how do we is sell it like
1: i just think that that's silly because it's totally it's totally like a just a person chillin being like hey go do this thing i want you to do but also i'm god so really do it
0: (laughs) yeah oh it it totally is but also another like they have to know like they knew how gross feet were yeah it was a thing to wash people's feet why would you want to be barefoot in a holy place yeah why would that be allowed why would that be a thing you must do
1: (gasps) that's a really good point that's a really good point huh i've never thought of that before
0: i haven't either Okay, how does this really for God spoke to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. So he's like, okay, that's the best lie someone was coming up with because no one's really thinking about it because back then, gods were also very, like, still weren't necessarily perfect. Yeah. They all had their yeah, flaws. like
1: like the Greek and Norse gods. Like,
0: And the people knew that. And that's why the lie of, I've seen this, so I'm going to come help work to Moses.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Because God's busy. He's got lots of other things to do.
1: He must attend to the more important things.
0: Yes. This is well before the Holy Spirit time. The Holy Spirit doesn't exist really yet.
1: That's such a weird concept to me.
0: Well, Jesus invents the Holy Spirit.
1: I know, but it's I, I had never thought of that until you had said it. And it just kind of blows my mind.
0: But, but yeah, he revealed a literal fuckton to him right now. And completely going forward a lot, like, what happened to all the, he's not going to tell you a single thing what to do, to whereas we know with Moses, it's going to be very much, these are the specific things I want you to do. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect example of being a tool. <laughs> and everybody be like, well, Moses is so great.
1: I want to be just like Moses. Yeah, Moses. Uh oh.
0: It's like if nobody else can be, you know, a Moses anymore, like they know they're not allowed to, then like they're, you're just not going to get that level of profit. And this sh- example should not be given to people who can't attain that, which also means that this is, you know, a, a elitist type level thing. Yeah. You will never be as good a prophet as Moses.
1: <laughs> Damn. But it also brings to the to the table. Where is this religion going? if you can't ever have a prophet this good ever again (laughs) just saying like
0: well it's not supposed to go anywhere it's supposed to stay in the bible remember yeah
1: but isn't it supposed to reach everyone isn't that the whole point to reach everyone and save everyone
0: the whole point is to reach everyone. And they'll be like, yeah, everyone can be reachable. But then in another conversation, you can talk to someone they'll be like, yeah, God has a plan. And he'll only reach out to those he knows he can reach out to. And it's like, okay, well, then he's not really trying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would agree.
0: Anyways, we have another verse for this. And this one is uh, Numbers 12, 6
1: to 8. Okay. I um, Let me look at the beginning and see what it says about numbers. Yeah,
0: that'd be helpful.
1: Oh, here we go. Some have objected, however, the narrator does not seem to like Moses himself. <laughs> really? Comments like the man Moses was very meek in 12 verse 3 seem to suggest this rather than in his autobiography.
0: <laughs> so what's 12 3?
1: Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. So he was basically like, this is the most meek man in the world.
0: The biggest pushover.
1: Yeah. He's basically just like, man, you uh, you are the biggest pushover to ever exist. <laughs> that's really funny.
0: Well, no. Like, yeah, the author said that. But then the author is that that's also something that, you know, later points into like, like God desires meekness. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's why but... God picked him as like the ultimate pushover.
1: Yes. That is what happened.
0: Let's see, in the book we got 12, uh, twelve, six to eight, and it's when a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions, I speak to him in dreams. So there were no lady prophets still. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face. And um, I know that raised some questions on like, what is the true form of God? Is it really just that burning bush? Because he is speaking to Moses face to face in his most purest form.
1: That's kind of scary. (laughs) Am I hearing that all of these millions of people are worshiping a, a bush, a fiery bush.
0: I mean, that's that's the implications here. Wow. And this fiery bush demands blood. Oh my gosh! this Is a spooky tree? This is a this is a bush that's on fire that needs blood to grow. Ugh.
1: I can't even say what it makes me think of because I don't want to ruin it for you. Because you're well, not Well, well, now
0: you're saying something, so it's like okay, well, like. it. I'm probably guessing.
1: You still have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen.
0: But I mean, this is plot that's used in all sorts of video games and things. And it's like, I'm...
1: It is. And it was in Sabrina. It was in a lot of shit. And a lot of shit. They did it well in Sabrina. Oh. They did a lot of shit in reference to the Bible. It was... It's good.
0: Like, if you want to put these verses out of their context and together, emphasizing these points that is what i'm going to walk away with like if he is so close to, like mo to moses moses is, is this special man to him and he's just going to put all pretenses aside he, he has no reason to be anything else except a burning bush that is his that's who god is at the core dreams vision servant moses i think i'm good are you yeah let me get some water
1: <laughs> that was a very satisfying drink sound.
0: Thank you. I've been doing pour on water. Me too. Okay, reality number five. God's invitation for Moses to work with him led to a crisis of belief that required faith and action. Moses expressed a crisis of belief when he made the following statements to God. Now, this is Exodus 3, 11 and 13, 4, 1, 10 and 13 so we're missing a lot of other stuff that's going with this conversation anyways moses said who am i that i should go to pharaoh and bring the israelites out of egypt suppose i go to the israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name then what should i tell them uh, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the lord did not appear to you Oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. <laughs> I just like how Dr. Diamond's like, Oh, I've seen this suppression on 10's. Like, come, I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring the, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. <laughs> and it's he's like, <laughs> What? I'm just a shepherd. What are you talking about, flaming bush?
1: right like what the hell are you asking me to do it's like i don't even know your name but you want me to go to this place in the middle of this insane fucking crisis that's happening there and just demand that they free them just demand
0: <laughs> yeah that's gonna basically go over well so, oh, so um from what he's put alone he has never talked to god before this like, he says down here, I haven't since you've spoken to me, like, that makes it seem like a long time, but just a couple verses up, he's like, I don't even know your name or who you are, you've just introduced yourself as all these people, and you're telling right. me to do something. Okay, but right after he asks, like, you know, they'll say, like, what is, what is our God's name? Because, you know, all the gods have names, and you haven't told me your name. Like, what, what What god are you? <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Right. And he's just like, what, what? Uh, God said to Moses, I am who I am.
1: Oh, shit. At this point, God is just, like, denying the existence of the other two gods in, in the same pantheon that he's in. How? He's just, he's like, I am God. He won't give them his name. He won't give him his name. He's I am who I am. I am God. I feel like that's a denial of the other two gods in his pantheon. Not Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They don't exist
0: yet. <laughs> and I mean with the, the whole um, you know, rivalry with Baal a lot, it's like and the fact that Baal just literally translates out to Lord because that's just what we have. Like wouldn't yep. ball then be the lord of lords? And now this other god is like, I'm mad at him. I need to take him out and take his place.
1: And that's why he's the god of gods. It's one of his names.
0: Well, yeah. It, it, he has lots of, of names because <laughs> he's always oh, the yeah. best of it.
1: Yeah, he has to be. He's
0: Yeah. There can't be anyone better than him at anything. Otherwise, the world won't work.
1: Which is exactly why he is the god of jealousy and it perfectly <laughs> makes sense. It all after I, I, I heard that I was like man that all makes sense. He is absolutely the god of jealousy. He just gives you those bursts of the good feelings or you know there's also the chance that these that I bet these people are like because I still get that feeling without the Holy yeah. Spirit with With my witchy stuff like I get that feeling when I'm when I'm doing my practice and my craft and And When you're just doing something that's
0: important to you
1: Yeah, I I don't like commune with gods and demons and I don't do all that shit. I'm just doing My stuff and it's so meaningful to me and I get that feeling
0: It's self care taking a moment for yourself Yes to try and improve yourself for the future for the better
1: absolutely absolutely and so I feel like that is one aspect of it but to go even deeper because I know those feelings that people are talking about when they say you can't explain that because I, I I totally have those I have a million of those but they're not I don't view them as from God because I still experience that now with like my dead husband I still feel him I still feel... I, st- I feel presences. I can feel people who are dead. You know? Like, <laughs> I can feel spirits. A lot of other people can too. And How have you
0: felt one of these? What does this feel like to you?
1: I can... Not necessarily, like, physical. I could just feel that it's around. I can feel that there is this type of an energy lurking around that is not normally there. And it comes and it goes that's kind of how i mean and that is very similar to how the holy Spirit. okay aries (laughs)
0: huh and your life stream connection
1: (laughs) well i i just think it's interesting because that's that's just how i felt the holy spirit and so i feel that with other spirits i guess i don't really know how to explain that i just feel it with other spirits it's not just god there are way more things out there than just god And it's not even just gods. It's not deities. It's energies. It is other people too. I just feel like a lot of times Christians are picking up on those things too and account it to God. There's totally other things. I just wish other people could see that because I think that they would have much more fulfilling lives.
0: Uh, See, Michael would explain that as interactions with a being on a another dimension
1: fuck yeah i'm so here for those theories because
0: they're like they're, who knows the 12th dimension or, or whatever it's like they can interact with every dimension below them but those dimensions can't necessarily see them unless they present themselves in a way if they physically can or if there's some sort of shadow or something and it's mm-hmm. just it's no different as going down to the example of like We're just ants like they have their own business and it just kind of happens like
1: yeah totally um
0: so they're not worried about it yeah
1: i find that that a really interesting theory i i have um a theory that that's a possibility of what deities are they're just these higher level species than what we are they're so advanced that like i i can't remember how to pronounce what this theory like what the the scale is called it starts with a k there's four different levels of these civilizations and we're not even classified as a level one yet but essentially from where we are we're just like we he gave like a decimal it was like a we're 0.89 so we're on our way there but we can't get there with where we're at right now there are some major changes we have to make as a society in order to get there. One of those things that we would have to accomplish is world peace. And we can't get there with where we're at right now. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a whole different rabbit trail, but um, rabbit hole. There we go. <laughs>
0: world peace was always like a weird thing. That was never even something that was like brought up in the house. I was never the kid that like wished for world peace or whatever, because that wasn't something I was worried about because there was always going to be strife. It was just going to be a battered world. And we're waiting for a big war in the Middle East to kick off revelations and all that crap. Because, yeah, here yeah. we go. Yep. Because then we can get to heaven. Yeah. It's just, can't we just get through these wars faster? Come on.
1: <laughs> right.
0: My, oh my God, God is not happy. He needs more blood before he comes back.
1: Absolutely. Mr. Blood God up there. But yeah, essentially, going back to the scale and everything, um, where we're at, The 0.89 or whatever i I feel like that was what it was um a type 4 civilization would view us as how we view bacteria that's how like they wouldn't give a fuck about us Mm -hmm. they could absolutely that's that is who we could be seeing as our deities just the species out there that's why i am super under like that's why i am more inclined to believe that theory about the aliens.
0: <gasps> what if we are all just bacterias and that's why God's like, I need you to work for this because you need to be my vaccine and kill all these other things that I don't agree with in this host body.
1: Oh my God. You're so fucking right. That's a very weird take. I am very intrigued by this take. Wow. I have so many thoughts in my head.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, we could get much farther on that, but we have a lot to do over here.
1: Yeah. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. We're already an hour in record.
0: This is directly after um he's like Okay, what's his name? He's like I am who I am. Say I am has sent me to you. Which maybe I am was a typo. Maybe it was another name that kind nope, of that that just got changed to like but, you know, tell them he's the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. And he's he's hoping, like, oh, if he knows enough that these are important people to religion, like, he must be on the up and up or something.
1: Right, right.
0: Because, honestly, I... how many people who are deep in religion really care about other people's religion? You don't see that now. You can't, like.
1: Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if anything, they only care enough to, uh castorize them but um i like that idea that it was mistranslated and it was an actual name because that would make a lot of sense who the fuck goes around just who sends you i am i am sent me that doesn't make any fucking sense
0: pastors have played off that as like such a powerful thing because it just means like i am and you can just say anything like i am tree because god is in everything it's like to me that's a stretch how do you make i am sound good
1: i don't know to me it just sounds shady it's like why won't you just tell me your name come on dude
0: okay wow you know what what we really had to read chapters two three and four all at once to get through even like this little reality five section I have observed you and has been done to you in Egypt. Yeah, 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 we know that part. I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to land the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, that right there is are the people that they fight later. He is, Right. He is gathering an army of angry slaves that you know have nothing else to lose and be like here let's go take our own land
1: that is what he's doing
0: and they will listen to your voice and you and the elders of israel should go to the king of egypt and say to him oh it's not just him it's it's a whole council so it's not just moses Mm. god needed more than just that say to him the lord the god of the hebrews has met with us and now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the lord our god Oh, this was a trick. Ooh. It's like, oh, d- don't worry. we'll be back <laughs>
1: <laughs> So much fun I that. mean I also wanted to point out, isn't there like, at least to my knowledge, I cannot think of any source outside of the Bible where they were wandering the desert, right?
0: Uh yes, actually because the the Hebrews, the the Israelites, they were nomads that collected stories and fought people
1: right but they i mean
0: like people didn't they were that (laughs) but
1: there's but there's no record of this kind of an instance though right of what they were not purposefully doing that right they were being punished because right well no they were they were lost right that was the whole point is they were lost
0: i remember being told lost but that was like a forced lost an exile because they got to where they needed to go and interesting they were afraid and the got said well then i guess you can't go in there for another 40 years that that was that was this group of people being like we can totally take over this place they go up there they're like we cannot take over this place mm-hmm. let's regroup and then they amass an army and take out other smaller stuff and so they can build their way up to it and that's why it took mm-hmm. 40 years wandering they're not lost they're just recruiting <laughs>
1: That difference in the perspective of the word lost changed all of that for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can totally see that now. Because in in my eyes, I was seeing this as they were, like, physically lost. They didn't know where they were going. Like, they were trapped. They couldn't, yeah. But that, no, that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, when he's like, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And then he cuts out the part. Where God gives him a prop, and he's like, "What's that in your hand?" And I was like, uh, "My staff," because he's a shepherd. And he's like, "Throw it mm-hmm. on the ground," and it becomes a serpent, and then it picks it up, and now it turns back into a staff. Uh-oh. I'm not entirely sure how this works out, other than this is just a story. <laughs> what if he had like some quick release chain staff, and he just pushed <laughs> yes. it and threw it on the ground, and it went all wiggly, and then he's like, reached down, like, and then it was like, bam, bye like it's just a staff what are you talking about
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> but it's like he he gave him an item and yeah like he, he's not going to give anyone else like i don't know why why is it now he's like oh i'll i'll, I'll give it to this man because i've chosen him to be my best ever
1: <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much also though i think it's funny because moses ran from the serpent at first oh yeah
0: he's like holy crap it's a snake
1: oh shit <laughs> This is where the guy behind the bush just released his can of snakes. He's like,
0: Uh, (laughs) oh, and then like, God is selling it now. Next, like, put your hand inside your cloak. But uh, in the King James, it says bosom. So he gives him the magic bosom, (laughs) so that when he puts his hand inside it and he pulls it out, and it looks like he's sick, and then he puts it back in and pulls it out, and it's healed. It's like we're just doing, you know up-close magic to, to trick some people. That's funny. <laughs> oh, and then he's like, oh, and don't worry. If they don't believe you, pour some of this water on dry ground. It'll turn into blood or something. Like, he's giving them all these things. I don't know which one's gonna work, but you know, see all this. <laughs> yeah. Till be- and then, yeah, Moses is like, dude, I can't talk. Yeah. I've never been good at it. Like, why? Uh, why me? <clears throat> like, this isn't <laughs> and the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So that is kinda of like a weird thing, it's like, okay, well that, that that that's the verse to use to be like, Yes, you are made perfect in God's eyes, and God chose to give you whatever disability or thing that makes your life hard <laughs> because it was perfect for I
1: feel him. like that's such a weird flex to have. Because it's like, well, why did you make yeah. them that way? What purpose does that serve? Like, why couldn't you have just made them how you intended to make everyone else? Like, why you got to give me a fucked up brain? Why? What's the purpose?
0: Lord's like, look, I, I did this. Like, look, you'll be fine. I'll be with you and tell you what to say. And he's like, and Moses is like, please send someone else. Then verse 14, chapter 4. A very... Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Okay. So the Lord has approached a man uh, that didn't know him, said, I have all these plans. And this man's just like, look, I got out of Egypt. I just want a simple life now. I don't belong there.
1: Yeah, this feels like this is a whole big thing. Like, what are you asking of me?
0: (laughs) Why is God coming to this in anger? And then...
1: He does not like being told no. Damn. Because mm-hmm.
0: yeah, later in 15, he's like, you shall speak, God said, you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him.
1: That oh. is bold as fuck. Damn. He, he literally just told him, you get to play God here.
0: Okay, but that that's all of five. So um, so the crisis of belief that um, Blackbees have found were, um, I'm not good enough, even though, well, that's what he's saying. It's like, this is not my place. I don't know why you're coming.
1: Right. I
0: want to go back to an earlier crisis of belief in Moses's life when he realized he was a Hebrew and saw a slave driver like torturing a slave and was like this is not cool bro and he stopped him and then he ended up killing him in the process he just he he snapped he had no idea he had all these emotions I don't know like, he has no idea what to feel about anything that is a crisis of oh, belief totally. and he chose to like leave the Egyptian life behind the people he saved then went back and like okay crap they're gonna come after this Egyptian Like, and they took him back and their dad's like, "What the? Why is there an Egyptian here?" And they're like, "No, no, don't! No, he he saved us!" And he's like, "That man's gonna marry my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're gonna I be repent? rich." Like, he just, here you go. Okay, this is another tangent, but like, the Bible is just a bunch of mixed up civilizations with the different stories. Because I think the most prominent one that people take away from the Bible is like, "Oh, you know, women for marriage are the commodity and the currency," because you know. You'd want more women to show how rich you are. You can get as many as you want. You want to keep getting them, and yeah. you can trade with them. And you, if you have a woman, you could sell it to a man that wants them. This is a weird way to talk about this, by the way. No,
1: I get it. But, but that
0: was one context. But at this time, and we go back to other things in the Old Testament, it was very much about, okay, the man was the commodity, and the woman was the currency. Because when a man got married, he'd leave his family and join his wife's mm-hmm. family. This may have been started as like a societal thing of like, don't worry if you can't have a son because, you know, other people will have sons. You can have someone to be able to help you out because women can't do that hard work or take over your business or mm-hmm. anything. So then you're like, okay, well, you know, like you can, you, I'll, I'll pay you my daughter and then you can you can do my work. I'll have you to continue on and help me with this. Mm-hmm. And that's where this was. He's like, look, thank you so much. You're going to marry my daughter. And we get we can go out here and just be shepherds. I'll have you tend to my flock for me. And that was Moses' life after that. Until he saw burning bush. That was
1: Moses' life until that one fateful day when he saw yep. the
0: burning bush. When he got too fucking high watching some sheep. Yeah. Heck, he was probably just dehydrated.
1: He oh was like, is that bush on fire? The fuck is my staff a snake?
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, this is, this is all delirious stuff of a man who was out in a hot climate for just a little bit too long. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long episode. Hey, I think that's fair because Rally 5 takes parts of the first half of 3 and parts of the first half of 4. So to get that context, you kind of have to read all of 3 and then most of four. Yeah,
1: up until Moses gets like, to Egypt.
0: And I just get back to my point, like, it's a crisis of belief, but I'm sure there was one more related to being a Hebrew and the Hebrew God earlier in his life Mm -hmm. that could have been
1: absolutely
0: (sighs) like i would say oh maybe uh, he's trying to stick to his story the same story so all these points are relevant and he can you know say this is exactly how my plan works out i figured it out so well because you know spoiler um reality six and seven also has to do directly with the story but if you remember from last week what was it you know reality two decided to step away from the story to talk about when he went up to do the 10 commandments you're right now did god did god give no example in the story of how he pursued a a love relationship i don't think he really did at all not in the story and but he knows that too which really should have been a sign like this step this process doesn't work this is not how god always works yeah because i don't have this point in this story
1: you would think he would have gathered that
0: I can show you how, I, this, how he's done this in the story if we take a brief example from a story that's later on as well. well <laughs> yeah. Okay, that could be a fair point as in how he continued to pursue because, well, he got them out of the desert and now they're like, okay, we're out here. Now what? He's like, fine, come with me. I'll tell you what to do next. So that is him coming back to the story. But yeah. that's also not in the same order. That, that doesn't have to do with this process and that still is outside of his little diagram.
1: That's also an excellent point. Yeah. He really doesn't stick to any point except for the point that he knows what he's talking about and that that his realities are correct. His Bible study is correct.
0: It's like we're, we're given these things like and then that's it. Moving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh anyways want to move on to reality six absolutely oh five was a long one yeah it was so six moses had to make major adjustments in his life to join god and what he was doing moses's crisis called for faith and action okay so let's see this is hebrews 11 24 to 29 so this is someone talking about moses later in the bible By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn... Would not touch a firstborn of Israel. What kind of God, other than a war god, needs a destroyer of firstborns?
1: Yeah, a blood god. That's the kind.
0: Yeah, but just the whole like the the, the firstborn stuff and all that. It's like that's just a fucking riot, right? Like they painted barks on their door, like, "Hey, we're on your side. Please don't get like so that at night." You can't say anything very well. It's like, okay, these are the houses we're going to go into and just kill whoever we think is their firstborn.
1: Yeah, just kill the kids. <laughs> kill them yeah.
0: all. This is some terrible, terrible, like, I, I don't, this is even beyond just guerrilla level warfare. I don't even have enough to look at it to know that this is outlawed by the Geneva Convention.
1: Oh, absolutely. Which America is not part of anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump thinks it's unnecessary.
0: Why is, why is this such a good thing to be like, well, he wouldn't let him go. So I guess we got to kill some people <laughs> to let us go. Like that. I mean, that is, that's every riot. That That's everything. That's every, like when they're not, I mean, okay, we're going to frame. This is a good story because it's very much like, okay, if your, your people are angry at you, Pharaoh, then, you know, then yeah, <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> No, but you're right. Like, they They exhausted their resources. They went to a riot. They weren't being heard. That's what happens when people don't listen. When governments don't listen, mm-hmm. it turns to fucking riots. Every goddamn time. We're even seeing it in the Bible.
0: Yeah. And this is just being added on like, oh, well, God told us to riot or something.
1: <laughs> I bet God would tell us to riot about... George Floyd as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Jesus would.
1: Fuck yeah, he would.
0: God wouldn't give a fuck.
1: Jesus would have been out there protesting. He'd be like, fuck this shit. We need some reform. We need some justice. These people are going to fucking prison.
0: So then the other verse here, we have Exodus four nineteen and 20. Uh, so here is actually something. The Lord had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a the donkey, and started back to Egypt. Okay, his major major life adjustment is just like, you know, have to go somewhere. That's not as big of an adjustment as my whole life is a lie and I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's a much bigger a- adjustment than, like, wh- why are we not looking to that Hebrew God of whoever gave Moses this realization and this going through? What happened to that one?
1: Right, right. What is happening here? It's just a fucked up mess, and I feel bad for Moses because his life got fucked up by this dude behind a bush. He -hmm. had a good life going until that dude behind the bush fucked it all up.
0: Let's see. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. We're going to talk more about the Red Sea later. Heck yeah. Anything else with that?
1: I think I've said all my things.
0: I am very confused at why um, in Reality 6 he had to give like someone's summary of Moses' life in here. It's not exactly a, anything to have to do with making major life adjustments.
1: I completely agree with you on that. I think his major life adjustment here to join God was the adjustment well, it was first of all the decision to say yes, I'm going and I'm going to do this thing that God told me to do or the man behind the bush and then from that he had to completely change his life he was no longer this shepherd that that had this very meek boring life you know he had to go to fucking egypt just after what's his name died so that he could free all of these slaves like that is not what he was planning for his life
0: bring them from indentured servitude to indentured soldier
1: yes Yes. So he went to go release these people so they could do what they want with their life, because God told him to, or the man behind the bush. And um,
0: Okay, but here's the thing. When else in history have Christians been like, oh, this man is telling us to free slaves, we probably should listen.
1: Never, literally (laughs) never, because they only pick and (laughs) choose pieces of this book that they want to actually listen to. So now when we're in real life here and we still have real-life slaves, they're like, "Oh no, that couldn't be real. We already freed the slaves. They're free." <laughs> like, what?
0: <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, that was six. So let's move on to reality seven. Yeah, uh, Moses came to know God by experience as he obeyed God, and God accomplishes work through Moses. Many texts throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy it's illustrate how God revealed his nature and his purposes to Moses. As Moses has obeyed God, God accomplished through Moses what Moses could not do in his own strength. Here is one example in which Moses and the people came to know God as their deliverer. This is very hand picked. Exodus 14, uh, verses 15 to 17, 21 to 23. 26 to 27, 29 to 31. Wow. So let's see what he's handpicked. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians laying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses as his servant. I have lots of feelings. How about you?
1: Well, I first off want to want to point out this this whole first sentence right here. (laughs) Yeah. Can we just talk about that? And then the Lord said to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on." (laughs) Literally. Don't
0: bother me. I have got things to do.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like.
0: His chosen people calling out to him he's freed them he did his part that's all he's like look you're free yeah now. he's like, like i'm just looking for the get next on step. with it <laughs> what else you got
1: um i think that the tides play a huge part in this
0: i know you... I, I will let you start but i want to before we get into that uh-huh. that line and i will gain glory through pharaoh and all his army okay here is more signs to a, a god of war because he's gaining glory by destroying an entire army in one swift movement like
1: yeah yeah totally totally i feel like this is absolutely like a case where (laughs) it's like there's a little sandbar you know this was a very small section there's a tide they can with the tides low they can just walk across
0: That's that's exactly it because everything you learn growing up is it is instant snap for me You learn your whole life that it's instant and I'm surprised he didn't like Cut that part out of this part. It took all night to go away and come back You get a limited window. This person knew about this spot bring him to here We'll have some time to cross just like other places in the world A famous one being Mont St. Michael. These people are not going to be able to cross the Red Sea in a night.
1: Oh, absolutely Especially
0: when God has already given up on them.
1: I just pulled up a map here, too.
0: It's very far away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because, like, well, here's my thing. So the Red Sea does border Egypt, but it's, like, the actual big part of the sea is so far down so it's like i'm really inclined to believe they weren't actually at the red sea i think they were way up at the top here which is like a little canal and it would totally make sense for them for there to be like a little sandbar the reason i'm inclined to believe that they were passing through that little canal there is because israel and Jerusalem, all of that is exactly. to the northeast, right there, right on the other side of the canal.
0: It's the Red Sea to them, because as far as they knew, that water took them out. And it was just big, but it's yeah. Oh wait, okay, no, <laughs> the wall of water thing. I was, I was trying. Yes, to look at the that. wall of water again. Like this is directly a different visual than what he just said. Of like, oh. The, the winds move the sea out and you know it, it, it's separated and it's gonna it's gonna go back in. This mm-hmm. is not describing the force like this is now where people get the instant thing and they just hear wall and think like that's a better visual. They're just making walls and they're crossing it on the bottom of the ocean because that that makes God have power. I don't think it's a wall. I think it's something derived from like just a barrier as in you know, they're crossing this they can't go into the water on either side like it's it's not a vertical wall but they can't go there and it's just a word that was like oh it's kind of like a boundary whatever like oh like a wall what we use and so then this word was wall was used incorrectly in this space
1: yes i think you're totally right and
0: that is my final point for his realities pertaining to moses
1: (laughs) okay just in the last the last sentence that's on here not even the whole thing, just the last part of it. Um, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Mm-hmm. That's something that here and throughout the Bible has always bothered me since forever. I hate the whole fear of the Lord thing. It's like I hate
0: having to fear something you're supposed to love.
1: Yeah, those two don't go together. It, okay, it's like the Dirty Head song in the end there's only fear and love okay so they're not they're complete opposites they're complete opposites the
0: jedi would say that they're the same because you know love leads to fear and and all that stuff so you just can't have either of them
1: love doesn't lead to fear the (laughs) jedi are full of shit
0: Well, it does, because then you love someone, then you're afraid that they're going to die, and then you got to keep them alive forever, which is what every single Sith Lord basically did.
1: (laughs) No, because then that leads to so many more issues. That's why you have to have fucking goddamn empathy if you're going to be a Jedi. You have to think about other people. Living forever doesn't mean being happy forever or being healthy forever. No. Oof. But, golly... I think it's all bullshit. You should not be fearing the thing you love. You shouldn't because that's a diff- that's a totally different kind of
0: fear. Okay, um, yeah, I, I get you, that fear because fear... it's like sometimes it's like, oh, what respect from you? And it's like this, oh, but it's it's not a, yeah. like a, am I gonna do something wrong to earn your wrath?
1: Right, right. Like even going back to Moses with the burning bush, where. God's anger was kindled, you know, at Moses. And I was just like, he's he's so angry. He's so angry and he cannot be told no. Mm -hmm. Moses tried to tell him no and God refused. He did not accept his no. Moses did not consent and and God said, fuck your non-consent. I'm going to keep pushing until you do. Yeah, that is what happened. And I think that that's bullshit. And that is the root problem of so many toxic relationships. And that is why they're so they're found so much in in Christian culture. That sucks. But it's true. And and people don't even know how to recognize that when they're in the culture because they think it's normal Mm because they've been brainwashed to think that this abuse is normal. Yeah. My mom is a prime example of that. Like. There are so many things that she just didn't realize.
0: This is what love looks like, and this is how it's supposed to be. It's not just, you know, love in general, but, like, this is what the ultimate love is supposed to look like with God. So isn't that what I should want for everything else? Activity one, answer the following questions about the last four realities. We have five questions. Ooh. See, 1A, reality 4, what did God reveal about himself, his purposes, and his ways?
1: I feel like he was about as blunt as you could possibly be. He was like, hey man, I'm a burning bush, and uh, I'm speaking to you face to face right now. This is about as real as I've ever gotten with a person. (laughs) And then he told him what he wanted him to do. He told him what he was going to do.
0: But he was hesitant about just giving him a name, though.
1: <laughs> that's not from 4, though. Because reality 4 is Exodus 3, 2 through 8, and Numbers 12, 6 through 8.
0: Okay, yeah. That's, you are absolutely fair.
1: I agree with your point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's where he's showing himself, and he's, he's like, this is me. I am being me in my truest form I can be. This is what I am. This is what I want from you.
0: Yeah, he detailed so much. Is this supposed to be a lesson that he's just going to turn on us again and be like, this is not how he'll actually work with you because Moses was a special boy. So don't try to be Moses or something. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's a prime example of how God's like, oh, you're my chosen. He's He literally has a cycle of abuse. He's like, I love you. You're so special. And then he's like, fuck you. You're going to be lost for." for 40 years wandering the desert and then he's mm. like okay i guess i'll rescue you i love you so much again here let me bless you <laughs> literally a cycle of abuse
0: it's exactly it
1: the same goddamn cycle of abuse every kid with their psycho parent has ever lived like <laughs> oh my god wow i have never tied that cycle into him and i need to write that down
0: good job
1: thanks I'm pretty proud of that epiphany.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me know you were ready for the next one.
1: I am ready.
0: Then one B, reality five. What did Moses have trouble believing about God?
1: Well, at first he probably had trouble believing that this flaming bush was God.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna do that, that one's back in reality four. And reality five is just, you know, I'm not the <laughs> right guy. Mary, jeez, stick to you're the reality. Right.
1: You're right. <laughs> hey, at least I said you had a good point.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna say you have a good point because no uh, nowhere does it say Moses is like you're a bush. He's just like, yeah, I'm going along with this.
1: That's because <laughs> just like, I'm just I'm being like, silly because that's what he would really be doing. Okay,
0: in the Tangled series, like watch like the Mermaid episode today. And she's like, you didn't tell us she was a mermaid. It's like. You got 70-foot hair. Whatever. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, there's been a lot of crazy stuff. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. To be fair, that was the beginning of the crazy stuff, though. Yeah. I hadn't seen all the crazy stuff.
0: Are we ready for one C?
1: Um, I I don't think we actually answered that one correctly.
0: I'm saying... Oh, you don't think we answered 1B correctly?
1: Did we actually answer it? I think I just joked around.
0: Oh, th- no. I answered it with my, you know... That's fair. Attack at you. (laughs) (laughs) You So see, it says, reality five, how would you summarize Moses' faith as it is described in Hebrews 11, which was in reality six? And really, how would you summarize it? Because I don't really have a summary.
1: I think it was just a typo with the reality five. (laughs) I think it was definitely meaning reality six, because the verse is reality six. But I think it's just saying, like, I think the good summary is he stayed loyal to God because he kept his faith with the Passover. Quick.
0: But like, I don't like how he's putting up the, when he grown up refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, chose to be mistreated with a group of people, whatever. It's like, well, we don't, we're not going into his childhood. We can make some assumptions about some things, but how long was he really mistreated as the people of God? It's like it, it's more, it seems more like he just had an epiphany. And there we go. Because. Right. Because he was still, it clicks in it. He kills a man, realizes, oh shit, what have I done? And the guys are like, don't worry, we'll get you out of here. Like, like God was nowhere to be found in that part. This is just a record. So I don't think we can use by faith, Moses did this stuff. That was my point. I took a long time to get to. That's fair. Because even though like it says like, oh, God had this planned out. Moses didn't really know god until the bush
1: <laughs> i also think it's interesting that his entire life from birth up until leaving was written in one chapter and then there's an entire chapter and a half that's just a conversation of moses talking to a bush on fire Yep. because he doesn't believe that it's really god but he, but it is god but and he needs to believe that it's god so he's making sure it's god mm-hmm <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? That's such a... That is not how you write a biography. That's
0: why it's not a biography. <laughs> it's just a story.
1: The beginning calls it a biography. Yeah,
0: because that if it's about a person, you have to assume, oh, and to them, this person was a real person, so then it has to be a biography. True. So embellishments aren't a thing because it's real life.
1: Facts. <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, 1D, reality 6, what adjustments did Moses have to make? Look, all that he pointed out to in this book was that he just had to get a blessing from his father-in-law to like, oh no, we didn't read that. All the book says is that, you know, he packed up his family and went to Egypt to get people. Yeah, so then this isn't until chapter 4, verse 18, he went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said... (laughs) We're going to go back to Egypt, see if my people are still alive. And then Jethro's like, go in peace. I don't know. It wasn't like Jethro is still a heap. He's, it's making it sound like this is Moses' people. This is still like his whole this whole family's mm-hmm. people. Of course, his dad's going to have feelings. It's like, God talked to you to get the people out. Go for it. I don't think there's a lot of convincing. There'd be a lot of like, you got to do this.
1: Yeah. Like if God talked to you, you gotta get it. Gotta.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you earned goober for that. (laughs) Okay. So, you you know, the next question, number one E for reality seven, the kicker in it all. How do you think Moses felt when God delivered the Israelites through him?
1: Like a power hungry motherfucker. (laughs)
0: I, have we talked about how people felt at all this whole book? And now he's like, how do you think Moses felt? Wouldn't it have been great? God chose him, <laughs> this like poor speaking hillbilly apparently who was also well-trained.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs>
0: but I mean, how do you think he felt? Other than the power hungry thing.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> other than the power hungry I think he probably felt, according to what they're looking for, he probably felt pretty damn good and proud and fulfilled that he had followed God's plan for him and God's path that he laid out. He did the thing. The good thing happened. Probably also a little scared. Because now he's also like, holy shit, I'm in charge of all these people.
0: (laughs) At this point, you were saying like he was getting into it. This is after they're on the other side of the Red Sea and... So yeah. now he's just done this. If he he's he either believes that his God has led him through this, you know, secret place or like, hey, maybe I do have an act for getting these people to listen to me.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what I, <laughs> what I meant. He's just like, I followed God this whole way through. But now all these people, they're in charge of me. They're looking out, like hoping that I'm doing the right thing. And they're looking to me to be their conduit to God. Mm hmm. I am their conduit. That's a heavy role to hold.
0: That is. Now, we have a very long section that's like half the page of his answers to these five questions.
1: Oh, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I know. We put it off a long time. I don't know how many tangents we'll keep in there, but, you know, right now.
1: Story time.
0: But it's not a real story, so it's not as fun.
1: Answer time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's see. Well, he starts his answer time with a couple of sentences that are just kind of tacked on. Yeah. Because then he goes into numbers and answering, like, God reveals what he is about to do. That revelation becomes an invitation to join him. Number four. Well, reality four. God talked to Moses about his will. God wanted Moses to go to Egypt, to be his instrument, to deliver the Israelites from their bondage. God revealed to Moses his holiness, his mercy, his power, his name, and his purpose to keep his promise to Abraham and to give Israel a promised land. Okay, I have his mercy highlighted. Why is God's mercy such a defining point? Mercy is from when you, you've done something wrong and you do something right. He is, he'll is he show mercy to his people, but he has no mercy for anyone else.
1: Right. He And on top of that, it's not even mercy for things that they're doing wrong. It's mercy for, like, I don't want you to do that and you did it yeah. anyway, but I'm not going to take it out on you, so I won't send you to hell. So... Mm-hmm. There's that, but only because, because you do all of these other things for me.
0: It's that mercy of like, it's okay. I can show you the right way. It's time to die. Jeez. <gasps> Reality <gasps> five. Moses offered many objections. He questioned whether God could do such a great work through someone like him, whether the Israelites would believe God had appeared to him, and whether he was capable of speaking eloquently enough to accomplish the task. In each case, Moses was really doubting God more than himself. I mean, yeah, it's like, you really got the right guy, God? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, like, have you seen me, dude?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think he was doubting God as equally as himself.
1: Yeah, I agree, because I think his doubts in God were based on his doubts in himself.
0: Yeah, Moses' faced in Christ of a belief. Is God really able to do what he says? Moses' faith is described in Hebrews, however, as a model of self-sacrifice and trust in Almighty God. So it's described in a different way. Once God let Moses know what he was about to do, that revelation became Moses' invitation to join him. Again, revealing before invitation, which is more realistic the invitation and the speaking part it's weird why he's got that separated out it's it's just all conversation just say conversation and that sounds so much better
1: yeah totally
0: no reality six moses made the necessary adjustments to orient his life to god moses had to come to the place where he believed god could do everything he said he would do then he had to leave his job and his in-laws and move to egypt his in-laws were his job yes (laughs) this was not his dream job he was not like oh man
1: right i i feel like his leaving his family like his his in-laws and everything and his job are equal in one category rather than two separate things you know because they were they were pretty intertwined there
0: Yeah, then he moved to Egypt. After making these adjustments, he was in a position to obey God. That did not mean he was going to do something all by himself or God. It meant he was going to be where God was working. So God would do what he had proposed to do in the first place. So God can't, you know, make actions without us interacting with the world, which would explain why God would need Moses to go over the Red Sea and hold up his staff. Which... You know, in itself limits God because he's so powerful, but he can't even work on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he needs tools because he can't work on this earth, which is just the same as every other old religion because we're just made as tools so we can do the work on the earth.
1: So either he can't do the work on the earth or he's too lazy to.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other old guys, it, it didn't come down like a lazy because they'd come down and be like, oh, sweet tree. Let's make some people out of it. Right. That was tiring. Let's let them do the work.
1: Yeah. That's how you get nymphs.
0: <laughs> Moses was a servant who was moldable and he remained at God's disposal to be used as God chose. Okay. Going back to before, we're not all multi-tools that we can be anything. He wants most people to just do one thing, but he needed one person to be the Swiss army knife. <laughs>
1: Yes, he was like, all right, this guy, he's going to be my everything. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like my sham. Wow, I can use him for anything. <laughs> Insert clip of Billy Mays.
0: <laughs> Even Abraham, who was like his favorite person, like supposed to be God's favorite person, he's the start of the religion, is, is not supposedly shown the same respect from God that Moses is shown. And that's weird. It's like, Maybe I went wrong on Abraham, but I got to keep this promise. This is when he was done with Abraham on The Sims, and he's like, time to start a new one.
1: Yeah, he was like, all right, who's next? (laughs) Moses. Okay, but now that I have my computer set up, I need to start playing Sims. Yeah, you do. streaming it. You're
0: going to stream that?
1: I think so. I think it would be really fun.
0: St. Mary plays The Sims.
1: Oh, yeah. And see, okay. I've been thinking about this, and I was wondering, okay, where do I even start? This is perfect. I just start with Abraham, and then I go to Moses. Perfect.
0: There you go. Now, are you going to just do your own thing, or are you going to try to like reenact the Bible?
1: I have no idea yet. <laughs> okay. We're going to figure it out as it goes.
0: That is fair. <laughs> Anyways... God accomplishes his purpose through Moses. When God does a God-sized work through your life, you will be humbled before him. Okay? Or you're just just humbled in general. Because, like, I can't believe, you know, I was able to work this hard and get through it.
1: Yeah, I did all this.
0: See, seven. So this is how the author thinks Moses must have felt. So there's a right answer to how he had to feel. Moses must have felt unworthy to be used in such a significant way. Moses obeyed and did everything God told him. Then God accomplished through Moses all he intended. Every step of obedience brought Moses and Israel to a greater knowledge of God. Wow, I did not pick that up at all.
1: I didn't either because I completely disagree with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like the only time he felt unworthy when he was literally saying, I I am not worthy. Why are you picking me? But he's asking after the Red Sea. Yeah. After this point, he's already done a bunch of shit that God's like told him to do and he's seen all this stuff. He doesn't he's not gonna feel unworthy. Yeah, you're right. He's like, Whoa, this guy can do all this? And he's talking to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, it says cause next to it it says see Exodus six through one. Or six one through eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if we've read six one through eight.
1: Yeah, I don't think we read anything in six.
0: Was that was that brought up in the lesson? Let me double check. 14, um, 4, 3, 4, 3. Yeah, he's bringing up a verse we didn't even get into. Yeah. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with his strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God to Moses and said to him, I am Lord, I am a beard, I am Jacob. Let's see, Lord no, did not make myself known to them. I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land in which they live as sojourners. Moreover, I heard the groaning of the people of Israel when I hold them slaves, and I remembered my covenant. Savor, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that. I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the virgins of Egyptians. And he was the last one. I will bring you into the land I swore to give Abraham. I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. That's just a lot of rambling. Like Moses didn't say anything to have any feeling. This is just God having verbal diarrhea at him about what he's got to do. Yeah. But I want to go back to the context of, like, where he is supposed, like, you know, Aaron, you are God to Aaron. Like, I speak to you and you speak to this. I don't think that ends at just Aaron because we're getting very specifically in verse 6. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of Egyptians and I will deliver you. And I, like, if.
1: Yeah. And I
0: will be, like, is it, is it, like moses is now supposed to be this entity of god he is the god
1: he's god's conduit he's the conduit for god
0: well yeah but it's to make it easier as in like he is exactly god because there's no one else in him because he's just a tool so at this point yeah he can be god
1: yeah that's what we were slightly touching on earlier God basically told him, all right, you get to play God to them. Like you are, this is your turn. You get to play God now.
0: Because I don't want to have to keep dealing with all these little things. So you be in charge. (laughs) You be the God. I'll help out when things get real tough, but I don't want, I'll be mad about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God has the power to like actually take care of this multitude of people supposedly, but it's like, I don't want to do it, Moses. So do it
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. okay
0: so now we're gonna get into another point he's gonna make for this lesson uh what can one ordinary person do a wonderful scripture that has helped me at this point is Elijah was a man just like us he prayed earn- earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. This was J. What is J. A. S.
1: What the hell?
0: That's James. What? We're we're giving a what? That's no way to. I feel like that's always been J. A. M. And okay, so it is like nice. James talking about. Is this is this how we're going to get other examples of how people did things? Now we had you know. guess so. Basically two full lessons about Moses, and now we'll get a paragraph about Elijah saying, he was an ordinary man just like us. He prayed. God responded powerfully. That's the end of the paragraph. He prayed (laughs) and it didn't rain. He's like, you know what? Fuck these people. I've said fuck a lot. Today's a fuck night. Yeah. But, yeah, we get this weird thing, and now we're going to, I guess, another one ordinary person. Let's see. when When God healed the crippled beggar through Peter, Peter and John, were called before the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish court in the land, to give an account of their actions. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter boldly spoke to the religious leaders. Notice the leader's response. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's Acts 4.13 with emphasis added. I don't think the Jewish court, you know, were astonished in a good way because they didn't like Jesus or his people because right. he claimed to be their Messiah, but he was not the Messiah of the blood god they worshiped and were expecting and wanting. He was someone else that came along and was like, look, I don't like this stuff. I'm going to make a change and I'm going to use their own words against them.
1: That is exactly what he did. Yeah, He's like, and I'm going to also try and prove that my god's better in the process.
0: Well, and that that's I don't know if that's the tough part. Did he actually have a god? Or did he just use that as a way to reframe things? Like, was hmm. his god an actual being to him? Or was it actually like just a set of code?
1: That's interesting.
0: Okay, we're going to go back to more ordinary people. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. The people you generally see in scriptures were ordinary. Their relationships with God and the activity of God made them extraordinary or extraordinary, however you want to say it. Did you notice this statement? The leaders recognized Peter and John had been with Jesus. Okay. But throughout the Bible, whenever, you know, you say you had been with something, that means they boned. <laughs> Anyone else who takes the time to enter an intimate relationship with God and see him do extraordinary things through his or her life. <laughs> okay, just a feel-good pair. We have two random things like, given little things not gone into. Moving on. Moving on. Here we go. Now, let's see. Dwight L. Moody was a poorly educated, unordained shoe salesman who felt God's call to preach the gospel. Early one morning, he and some friends gathered for prayer, confession, and consecration. Con- that's such a they heard Henry Varley say, The world has yet to see what God can do, and for and through and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. Moody was deeply moved by those words. Later, he listened to the great preacher, Charles H. Spurgeon. Moody thought, The world has yet to see, with and for and through and in a man. Varley meant any man. Barley didn't say he had to be educated or brilliant or anything else, just a man, not a woman. Well, by the Holy Spirit in him, he'd moody. Be one of those men. And then suddenly, in that high gallery, he saw something he'd never realized before. It was not Mr. Spurgeon, after all, who was doing that work. It was God. And if God could use Mr. Spurgeon, why should he not use the rest of us? And why should we not all just lay ourselves at the master's feet and say to him,
1: Send me, use me. (laughs) I like the voice (laughs) added there. (laughs)
0: Thanks. Uh, Let's see. Dwight L. Moody was an ordinary person who sought to be fully and wholly consecrated to Christ. One ordinary Christian in the hand of Almighty God can do anything God commands. Though this one common life God... Began to do the extraordinary. Moody became one of the greatest evangelists of modern times. He preached in revival services across Britain and America where thousands and thousands came to Christ. So that's what he did. Also his name's on, you know, a bunch of Bibles. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You got anything to talk about that? Is this just like this is all to to go back to that whole one point of like am I the right person? It's like you don't think you've covered that enough by now?
1: I know. I feel like it's so... I don't know. I'm struggling to keep to keep motivated with this part because it's like so drawn out for the same mm-hmm. thing. It's like... It
0: is. But here, we're on like activity two for it. Dead horse. Could God work in extraordinary ways through your life to accomplish significant things for his kingdom?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: It's like, let's see, you might say, I'm not a D.L. Moody. You don't have to be. God doesn't want you to be a D.L. Moody. God wants you to be you and let him do through you whatever he chooses. When you believe nothing significant can happen through you, you have said more about your belief in God than you have declared about yourself. Okay, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) You have said that God is incapable of doing anything significant through you. The truth is... He is able to do anything he pleases with one ordinary person who is fully consecrated to him. I don't like his constant use of consecrated just because Moody used it in the one point. And he's just using it. He's never used this word before. And it's a weird word. And it sounds very like magic based.
1: Yeah. Consecrated. (laughs)
0: Let's see. Would you be willing to make yourself available to him? Do it that's in the book <laughs> like okay it's all like yeah god can do this but it all has to come boil down to if he wants to because god should did not pick any of the other hebrews or whatever in the slavery right. to rise up through that to go through that someone who has connections and already earned respect among the people in there
1: mm-hmm. no instead he chose the egyptian prince who was long lost and was now this farmer's uh, shepherd. There we go.
0: Let's see. God's standards are different from ours. Don't be surprised that God's standards of excellence are different than the world's. How long was the public ministry of John the Baptist? Perhaps six months. What was Jesus's estimate of John's life? Jesus said, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. That's Luke seven twenty-eight none greater. John had six months wholly yielded to God, and the Son of God declared that his contribution to the kingdom of God was unsurpassed. Okay, now I want to know, at what point in John's, in Jesus' life is he saying this about him? Yeah. Because that, that could change all what it's about. Luke seven twenty eight. Oh, John has his own disciples that he sent out to Jesus to say, Are you the guy I'm looking for? (laughs) Their crew.
1: That's what we can call our followers, but that's what we can call our listeners. They're our disciples. Is that too cultish? It's on
0: the edge. Because it's a little, it's still kind of like still fun enough.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: Like, that doesn't have like a lot of like serious connotations. Like, oh, we're very into this and we're trying to get this. It's like, well,. Technically, if they're listening to us and continue to, that's no different than the people who just wanted to keep listening to John or Jesus. So they would technically be that. Let's see. Yeah. So wait, what? This is, where is verse 28? Wait, what? So here's all of 28. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So is he calling out John and saying, like, come? Because he's like, among those born of women, you know, none is greater than John. John's great. But John's not in the kingdom of God. So no matter how great he is, if as long as you're in the kingdom of God, you're greater than John.
1: Dang. That's wild. So
0: don't measure your life by the world's standards. Many denominations are doing it. Many pastors and churches are doing it. Think about it. By the world's standards, a person or a church may look pretty good, yet, in God's sight, be utterly detestable. Similarly, a person or a church may be wholly yielded to God and pleasing to him, yet be insignificant in the world's eyes. Could a pastor who faithfully serves where God placed them in a small, rural community be pleasing to the Lord? Certainly, if that is where God placed them, God will look for and reward faithfulness, whether the person has been given responsibility for little or much. But... It's still a a reward, like we're still using the word reward here. And isn't there a better reward being in charge of a megachurch than being stuck in backwoods? I don't know Idaho or something.
1: Right, because you're reaching more lives, so your reward would be bigger. Yeah, You'll have more jewels on that crown.
0: Let's see, last paragraph. Whew, we're so close. God delights in using ordinary people to accomplish his purposes. Paul said God deliberately seeks the weak things and the despised things because from them he receives the greatest glory. See 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31. Then everyone knows only God could have done something through them. If you feel weak, limited, or ordinary, you are the best material through which God works. So yeah, Moses was a weak and a despised thing. Like the most weak and the most despised thing. Because God could get the greatest glory out of him. (laughs) Like, I was able to work with this man. Look at that.
1: Look at what I did. This is my masterpiece.
0: That is what this sentence implies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's just keeping people down and like, if you're feeling weak, you're doing something right. God's using you. Or God right. will use you sometime. You're the prime target. Let's see. So, activity three, review your scripture memory verse and be prepared to recite it to a partner in your small group session this week. Ooh. Gosh, that was like over a month ago. Something about vines and yeah. branches, whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the one. Uh, Four, spend a few minutes in prayer for your small group. Pray that the Lord will have a complete freedom to mold and shape and guide each one to be perfectly in the middle of his will <laughs> you better hope your friends we are do it too strong,
1: independent people and we are doing great things in this world and we are living our best lives with great morals uh instead of a prayer i i decided to do positive affirmations
0: positive affirmations there you go yes so we can get to our summary statements for this lesson, this long drawn out lesson. Which, wait, let's get back. God works through his servants, part two. I mean, overall, that was actually kind of on topic. Like, yeah, like yeah. here's some examples of servants. Um, mostly just one character and brief mentions of other characters.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's see. The summary statements. God reveals what he is about to do. Okay, I feel as if that's been a summary statement every time, even though it hasn't. Right. Revelation becomes an invitation to join him. Yep. I can't stay where I am and go with God. Well, you can't stay where you are and make any sort of change, so it doesn't... That's, that's not specific. No. God is able to do anything he pleases with one ordinary person who is fully consecrated to him. Okay, stop saying consecrated. It's not your word.
1: See, you think fantasy stuff. I think like sex stuff because I feel like my mom always used that word when she was talking about anything related to sex and I didn't like it. Like how? Like that's like having sex is how you consecrate a marriage. That's the sentence I'm hearing in my head.
0: That's consummate. I know. Oh, okay.
1: I'm telling you what I was told. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the rest of the sentence. Uh, sex is how you consecrate a marriage to God. Mm-hmm. So that's like the joining of the two becoming one unit to God for
0: God. Okay, well then shouldn't sex be more important to Christians?
1: Sex is very important, but that's the thing. It's important, but it's taboo. We don't talk about it. You do it so you have more kids, so you can make more soldiers for God. 100%. <laughs> And for the intimacy, because you and your partner have to be close and so that you can be a good unit for God, because you have to be, you know, like the pyramid. You two are the base, and you, as you grow closer to God, you grow closer together.
0: It's like, well, we have to do this, so you better. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't want God to punish our marriage or something if we're not trying to glorify him with it.
1: <laughs> right, right. We have to glorify him through all things we do, including sex. So you better be shouting his name.
0: (laughs) And last summary statement, God's standards of excellence are different from ours. I feel like summary statement should be the the ideas you talked about, just like going over them again, kind of. But these are basically just words pulled from parts of it. It's no different than using them as like the fancy quotes when he pulls them out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. They're not, act. it's not a summary of what's happening.
0: These are, these are key things that he said. Yeah. But are you ready to review this lesson? Tell me what your, the most meaningful statement or scripture from today was.
1: Yeah. Oh, I had a good one for this. So, um, this would be. Exodus 14, 15 through 17.
0: With the the Red Sea? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just, that first few sentences there. Um, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. Yeah, he goes into all that. But like I think that that shows some colors of God that we don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are some really important things that we should be talking about.
0: That that goes back to the thing that he omitted from when he was first talking to Moses about, like, his anger was kindled. He is a God that is approaching this in anger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He
0: approaches everything first with anger.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, like, to me, I'm looking at this story and I'm seeing it as... He literally approached this guy who was just minding his own business. He was doing his own thing. He approached him and told him to do this thing. And then he did the thing. And then he kind of just left him hanging for a bit. And then when he was calling out to him, asking him for help, he was finally like, why are you reaching out to me? Like, what, what are you doing?
0: I got you out of the Pharaoh City. What else do you need yeah. to do?
1: What could you possibly want? Like, you wouldn't possibly want to go back to your family. (laughs) Like, Like,
0: I've gave you direction. Why why are you just, why aren't you just doing it? Like, you're supposed to go to the Canaanites and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, it's just like, that seems so wild to me because he, I don't know. It just, it's just so much more of an example of why he's such an abusive deity. And I hate that. Like it just normalizes so much abuse and people experience. I hate more than anything seeing my Christian friends and family experiencing abuse and not being able to recognize it as abuse, even when people are calling it that because they refuse to see that as abuse. Their brains literally cannot see it as abuse because it is wired to see this is a trait of God. They just accept it and deal with it because it's normal, and that's fucked up, and it makes me so sad.
0: I have a few things that could be meaningful, like the whole implications of face to face and being a burning bush, or picking a better crisis of belief. But yeah, but what's really stuck in my head is that going back to last week, he couldn't find an example for reality two in this story. That's not until much later in the story this he's not pursuing it he's like again fine i'll help you
1: for sure that is 100% what he's doing it's just like i don't want to but i'm going to to get you to shut up
0: that's the most important thing to me because this is a part two like a two-part thing because it's all one big lesson and he couldn't make the lesson yeah and that's my takeaway yeah
1: no i would agree i think you're right.
0: Let's see. This is the end of this unit's lesson. The following page will be used in your small group session this week. Oh, yeah. There's DVD messages and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, so we don't need it. But over here, um, I know we, we talked about something. And it was just very funny. How in the DVD message notes, number four, there is a DNA in every believer to know and do the will of God. <laughs> I just like that phrase. There is a DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but like that right there is already like, okay, well... What's the point of reaching out? Like, if you're going to be a believer, then you're just going to be a believer. Yeah. You have no choice in the matter.
1: (laughs) And if you're not, then, well, you're just doomed to eternal damnation. He literally created atheists, agnostics, anybody but Christians to burn in hell. That is, he created us for eternal damnation, according to all of this, just to be clear, (laughs) because he knew our choices. He knew our path. He knows everything, so he knew that we would choose not to be Christians. So according to this, he literally created us to choose our own personal hell. Yeah. That's fucked up and sadistic.
0: And apparently that was a very important thing that spun in a different way on the DVD messages. (laughs) Damn. And I want to know if this is supposed to be like a full supplement thing together. Why wasn't that talked about in this last week? Like the other notes that yeah. put on it are all things that were brought up, but not that one.
1: Yeah, I'm very intrigued by this. I would like to know about this DNA that's in Believers.
0: Hey. Hey, pals. Hey, Disciples. Hey, Mark. I haven't talked to you in a while.
1: How's it going, Mark? We didn't forget about you, Dark Mark.
0: We made it. It's It's been a very long Unit 1, and I'm happy that we've gotten to the end
1: i'm excited to get back into it and get into the next unit yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun with it i think the first unit is always kind of weird because you're really just kind of getting into it Mm -hmm. so i think next unit is gonna be even more fun for sure
0: yeah i hope so
1: yeah and like i mentioned at the beginning i would love to interact with more of you guys on reddit or twitter We're at the Hybel study. H-I-B-L-E. So check us out. I would love to spend time just chilling on Twitter and actually getting to interact with you guys instead of getting distracted looking at weed articles. I've learned some interesting stuff, but I would rather be talking to y'all. Come interact (laughs) with us. It'll be fun. Post on our Reddit. I'd love to hear your guys' theories. Theories are the shit.
0: Anyways. Thanks for sticking around. Hope you'll continue sticking around.
1: Catch you later.
0: (laughs) See you, pals.
1: Hey, buddies. Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hyble Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E Study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at The Hyble Study. That's spelled the H-I-B-L-E Study. Check out our subreddit, r slash thehighpriest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. Or, if you want to just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.